Hello and welcome back to Not Your Inspiration, the podcast where we ramble about disability. My name is Gray. I'm the host of this shit show. I have the same intro every single time because I love routine. And I also just recorded this whole entire episode and I was listening back to it and it was just weird sounding and awkward and really bad. And so we're starting over. We're starting over and I am not annoyed. I am calm. I have a candle lit. Some scented what's it called essential oil diffusing i am at peace um but i really am not at peace i've never been at peace once in my life i'm caffeinated i'm annoyed yeah if you couldn't tell i'm always caffeinated and annoyed it's a staple of my personality that and pretentiousness and quoting oscar wilde and other classic queer staples there are a few things I want to touch on, and they are completely unrelated, so pardon my bad segues between things. I don't yet have good transitional music. I'm kind of trying to convince a friend of mine who's really good at making music to make some for me. So if you're listening, like, hi, I love you so much, and you're a great person. That being said, I have a really poor way of breaking up my audio segments, so... You know, we might just jump from existential dread to, like, my favorite type of cheese, and that's just how it's going to be on this show. Speaking of existential dread, <laughs> that's a gr- that, that right there, I, that I think sums up me as a person. I just walk into a room, and you're like, hey, by the way, let's talk about existential dread. But actually, let's talk about it, because this is my podcast, and we, we talk about that stuff here. I have the biggest, grossest, raging legacy complex that you've ever seen. And when I say a legacy complex, I mean I have this pathological need to make an impact on the world and do something with my life and have it not all be in vain. And I think everyone has a little bit of that. For me, part of it is probably just an ego thing, but I also think part of it is this like chronic illness watching your life go by. And that's something that I think is so universal. Everyone, everyone I've talked to who is in some way disabled or chronically ill, chronically ill especially, has this thing of like stolen youth or watching their life go by. And it's really horrifying. For me, it's frustrating as hell. It's the most frustrating aspect, I think. More so than all the doctors and dumbass platitudes. And it's the most frustrating is just watching things you can't do happen. But it's also terrifying for me because I have this fear that everyone is going to go about their lives and live these great lives and I'm going to kind of be stuck on this merry-go-round of health, hell forever and not really be able to catch up. And is it good to have horrible existential dread and think about this kind of stuff every day? No, probably not, but that's why I have a shrink. However, it has driven me to create a lot of things that I wouldn't have created if I didn't have a fear of being forgotten. You know, like, sometimes you're on month one, month two, month three of being in one room or one hospital room or metaphorically one place, sometimes it's literal, sometimes it's not, and you really start getting this fear of, like, what if the world forgets I exist? What if I reemerge from this cocoon and people have moved on and forgotten me. And I know rationally that my friends aren't going to forget me. I get it rationally, but irrationally, you know. But that need to be remembered has driven me to make things I would never have otherwise made. And whether it is my two year and counting project of writing a book 
or starting a podcast or learning how to draw or trying to teach myself how to play the piano. There are so many projects that I've picked up because I have this fear of dying, honestly, and having there be nothing to remember me by. And it it is kind of partially driven by ego, but part of it is also driven by my own need to make an impact on the world. And it's interesting because I feel like to some extent we all, not we all, but everyone who is chronically ill in some way or for some reason or another feels like they've missed out on part of their youth or part of their lives has that need to make an impact. And the cool thing is we're, we're all doing it. Everyone in this community is here and affecting each other in positive ways. And it's kind of beautiful. Not to be sappy, but it kind of is. We're all just out here talking each other down from ledges and just being supportive. It is kind of funny, though, when you're on a group chat and one person's like, hey, I'm in the hospital, and someone else pops in and is like, oh, really? Me too. And it's like, oh, guys, what hospital? It can get a little funny in a horrible way, but there is that community. And I know people, and by people, I mean baby boomers, love to give the internet a lot of flack for, oh, making antisocial teens and millennials. For me, it has been the exact opposite. I've found the biggest and most supportive group of friends I've ever had in my entire life through the internet and through the content and art that I put out on the internet. Without the internet, I would not be more social, I would be completely isolated and probably lose my mind completely and totally. So thank you, internet. This is this is my love note to the internet for letting me create content and throw it out there into the void and just kind of see what sticks. And this is my love note to all of the people I've met on the internet who have been amazing supports. And I know it's cheesy and corny, but honestly gotten me through some of the hardest and shittiest times of my life. I could do a whole episode thanking individual people, and I probably will because I'm just full of love and affection for my friends, but that is not this episode. Since we were kind of talking about creating content and I have no better segue, I do want to touch on one thing really quick, and that is the fact that I did not intend for anyone to listen to this. I am beyond grateful and flattered that people do listen to this, but I am completely unprepared for it. What I mean by that is consuming content is super easy. Making content, not so easy. And I joke a lot and talk a lot about how this is amateur and I record it in bed and blah, blah, blah. And that's true, but it doesn't mean I don't put work into it. It takes a good few hours or more just to edit a podcast and that doesn't include writing scripts and things like that it takes time and i obviously have health stuff going on and i i just kind of want to say i've gotten a lot of messages from people asking me to create more um i've even gotten messages from people telling me to create less and my response to that is thank you for caring and being invested It honestly means a lot, and I don't mean that in a passive-aggressive way. It really means a lot. But I'm going to make this on my own time, because I have to. And thank you for listening and tuning in, but I, I wasn't prepared for quite the response that I've gotten, and Apple featured me on New and Noteworthy, which basically just means their algorithm promos you, 
and I got a huge influx of able-bodied listeners because this is a very niche podcast it's for a super specific group but I got a huge influx of people who just kind of stumbled upon it and it's been really great and really interesting but I just want to say again this isn't for you and I don't mind people listening and learning and enjoying but I'm not really here to create content that is easily digestible for a straight able-bodied audience. That being said, another, to me, strange thing is people asking for advice, my advice, which is flattering and honoring, but totally scary because I don't have my life together. I haven't known what the fuck is going on since like 2008. I just have a really NPR sounding voice and a lot of opinions and I'm rather outspoken about them and so it gives I think some people the illusion that I know what I'm talking about. Guys, I have no clue what I'm talking about. I'm a mess and I am more than happy to give advice and help people out but don't take it as gospel because I don't know. I don't know. And it totally feeds my ego in like the worst way. It's like, oh yeah, legacy complex satisfied. Like I'm making an impact. But in another way, I also take it really to heart and it kind of freaks me out because people will just come into my inbox and they'll be like, I'm having this family emergency and I don't know what to do. Or, you know, like I'm in this horrible abusive situation. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, fuck man, me neither. That doesn't mean I'm not like, I don't want to be helpful It's hard to say. It's hard to explain. I do want to be helpful and it means a lot. And I'm not saying I want people to stop coming to me. I just want people to know that I'm just as much a mess as everyone else. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I almost feel like I need a waiver of like, don't listen to anything that I say because I don't know. There's this interesting thing that I've noticed in my own way of thinking where I get so micro small picture that I kind of forget about the rest of the world and history. So for example, like recently, to use my own self as an example, I got really, really, really caught up in this lesbian drama around like, can non-binary people be lesbians? And I was like, really? I was really feeling it. I was really fiery. And I just was so involved. And to me, at that moment, that was the biggest thing ever. And then I was talking to this relative-ish person who I have who is like um, 60s, 70s and survived the AIDS crisis and was living in San Francisco and was just basically in the heart of it. And I kind of just got hit with this reminder of like, oh, right, you know, calm down. Not to say that the fight I was having wasn't valid. For me, though, it's just really easy to get caught up in the micro and forget that there's such this long and rich history of resilience and power. And the reason I think it can be a problem is because people are very quick to erase and downplay queer history. So I think when the queer community downplays and quote-unquote moves on from our own history, we're really just helping out people who want to say it wasn't as bad as we say it is. I'm not saying like, oh, we should dwell and never talk about anything current ever, but I do think it's important to remember it wasn't that long ago. For most of us, it was our parents' generation. Like, I mean, 
same-sex marriage was legalized in 2015 in the United States. It's, for me personally, really easy to get caught up in this small picture. And also part of it, and this is not a joke, I do not have one single straight or cis friend. Straight and cis friend. Not one. Not one. And so it's kind of easy for me to retreat into this super supportive group of queer friends that I've built up and forget that a lot of the world is not a big fan of us. And that applies for any minority too. Same thing with disability and chronic illness. Pretty much, I'd say maybe 90% of my friends have a disability or chronic illness. And sometimes I will talk to people who don't and aren't really in that world. And it's just this wake up call of like, oh right, like I'm so deep into a very specific group and very specific issues that sometimes I forget that like, I don't know, the ADA wasn't a thing until 1990 and it's still not particularly enforced. Cough, cough, nudge, nudge. I don't know. And I'm not really sure where the balance is between being current, but also acknowledging and respecting a history. Okay, on a way lighter note, because I talk about heavy shit on this podcast, which like is my own fault. I mean, there's no one else to blame, but also sometimes it's like, can I calm down for five seconds? Can I just calm down? On a lighter note, Purim is coming up, or Purim. Purim, Purim, can someone who is religious and better at linguistics than me let me know if it's Purim or Purim or if it depends, it, or ugh, I can't even talk in English, or if it depends on if you're speaking Yiddish or Hebrew. Can someone let me know? Anyway, that being said, Purim is coming up, and if you don't know, I refer to it as Jewish Halloween, which is probably disrespectful, but the story goes... They tried to kill us, and they didn't, and now we're going to eat. And shock, surprise, that's kind of the story of all Jewish holidays. Anyway, a lot of people will dress up for Purim because it's like a festival. It's fun. It's the funnest holiday, okay? If Yom Kippur is like the pit of despair, God smites me, and life is not worth living holiday, and Passover is like the weird family obligation and stale matzah holiday, Purim's the fun one. And I actually never do anything for it. I love it. And I love it in theory. But every year I have some reason why I can't do something for it. But this year, well, this year I'm not going to do anything for it. But this year, in theory, I'm hyped. In practice, mm, nothing. In theory, it's hype time. Why did I bring this up? The reason I brought this up is holidays. Okay, I am going to do, I have, I have a whole grand plan here for this show. By the way, speaking of a grand plan, this episode was supposed to have um, a guest in it, but then scheduling got a little funky, which was my fault. And so I, whatever, I needed to kind of make some backup. Um, so it's not like my best, but I had a I had a big plan and it kind of fell through. But you'll get that episode, just not right now. Anyway, back on track with my point. I really want to do a holiday thing because... So many people hate holidays, or more specifically, hate their families. And I'm going to make a whole episode about that when it is closer to next Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that stuff. But that's a really long time away, and I am just bursting at the seams, chock full of opinions. So I thought I would use Easter and Passover as a quick excuse to just say this. I don't really know if people, like, 
quote-unquote go home for Easter in the way they go home for Thanksgiving. I'm guessing they don't. I'm suffering from dumb Jew syndrome. But I just want to say, no matter how much bullshit you hear around a dinner table, there's a whole entire community or multiple communities out here supporting you, rooting for you, knowing exactly what you're going through. We're all there with you. We're all commiserating with you. We all feel it. That's all I have for this episode. Next episode is going to be like a great episode, you guys. I'm very proud of it. But this one is a little bit of a space filler. Um, So thank you for listening. And really quick self-promo, I do have a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash notyourinspiration. I also have a PayPal. um, So just message me privately for that. Subscribe if you're listening on YouTube thanks a lot. Okay, shameless. It's not shameless. Shameful self-promo over. And as always, take care.